Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Thank you for joining us, whether you're listening or watching on YouTube. Really, really appreciate uh, all of you guys chiming in. And I'm really, really pumped about this one in particular. If you're anybody who's been to, let's say, a Tom Ferry event in the last uh, year on where I've been on a panel, then you've definitely heard me shout this name from the rooftops. If you're on my team, for sure, and we have a couple team members sitting here, you've definitely heard the name multiple times in our office because, Lisa, I absolutely admire what you're doing. Uh, you are my real estate crush, I will say. That's I'm blushing. That's absolutely the truth. Like I'm looking up to what you guys are doing in the northeast corner of Massachusetts and southern New Hampshire as the model for what all teams should be doing. And so I think this talk and this conversation is going to be really interesting, bring a lot of value to anybody in the in industry. So with that, let me turn it over to Lisa Chinati of uh, Chinati Realty. I That's should know it. that. Chinati Realty, now officially the brokerage. Getting there. Chinati, getting there. Almost there. It almost. It Verge won't have my name on it. I took it off. Oh, really? I did. Ooh, maybe we can get into that on the podcast a little bit. But, Fair. But Lisa, I, I really mean everything I said. Like, you are absolutely doing everything in what my opinion is the right way on how to build. And so before we get into all of that, why don't you just give everybody your brief little history of like how you got into real estate and then how you started building out a team just in your, you can be as quick or as long as you want, but your, um, your, your build up story. Sure. So, um, I got into real estate for the first time in 2004. Most people don't talk about it, but I failed. I'm sure. I don't even know if you know that, but I failed in 2004. So when I, um, had my first daughter, I quit my job and I was a stay at home mom and got bored very quickly. I think I'm a little bit too entrepreneurial to be a stay-at-home mom full-time. And so I got my real estate license in 2004, and I never sold a home from 2004 to 2006. And in 2006, when my real estate license was up for renewal, I let it expire, and I left the business. Oh, wow. And I did not know that. Look at this. Bit. This is yeah. why you do these podcasts. You get all the good <laughs> stuff out of people. And okay. so, but that left a really big impression on me. And then... I got my license back in 2010. And from 2010 to 2014, I sold maybe one or two. There might have been a year where I sold three houses, but it was very part-time. I was still predominantly a mom and just kind of sold real estate to keep my mind busy and to earn a little bit of extra money. How old are your kids right now? 13 and 15. Okay, yep. Um, and then in 2015, things changed for me um, the brokers that I was at got sold. Some personal stuff kind of changed within that, and my motivation changed. Um, I needed to prove that I could be successful. So 2015, I sold eight houses. 26 the, hold on. I'm going to stop because I want everyone to really listen to this and do the math. 2015, eight. how many? Eight houses. All right, yep. start to go along the timeline here with me. Really listen. Go ahead. All right, so 20, then 2016, I got wicked serious, and I sold 82 houses as Boom. a solo agent. As a solo individual agent. Correct. Eight to 82. Right. And then 2017, I started my team, my first team, and we sold 212 houses. But I was a wicked bad leader, and I made a lot of mistakes, and I lost my team in August of 2017. 
So then I started over and again. And so 2017, we finished the year at 212 houses, which is still pretty awesome considering that I blew up the team Absolutely. by mistake. And then last year we sold 326 houses. And this year we'll do- Basically on a reboot, from the end of 17, rebooting into 18, right? You sold 300 yep. homes starting from scratch. Right. 300 plus. Right. I'll short change you there. Yeah, that's all right. And then this year we should hit about 500, which isn't my goal, but still nothing to, to be no, 500, too sad about. Over 100 million. Yeah, we'll by be far. close to 200 million this year, maybe around 170, 180 million. Number one team in 18 for the entire state of Massachusetts. Correct. So like the numbers speak for themselves. Before we get into what you're doing now and the culture you're building now and the culture and the mindset that you have that I admire so much, can you get into a little bit of the story of, you know, you said it was your fault. You're taking the blame Absolutely. 100%. of 2017 Yep. when you did 200 plus deals and your team left you. Right? Not yep. your whole team, though. I was left with one agent, an operations manager, and a sales manager. So, so some admin staff, and then, um, and and then my one agents. agent. Right? Yeah. So the rest of the agents left you. Get into why you were a bad leader, in your words, at that moment. Um, so I was still in heavy production. So in 2017, of the 212 homes that we sold, 110 of those were my own personal production. Um, so I was pulled in very many directions. I was wearing too many hats was one problem. Um, I made a lot of financial mistakes. Um, I recruited agents on leads and money as opposed to culture and training and the things that are really important to me now. Um, and they were still important to me then, but I didn't recruit based on that. And that was probably my biggest mistake. Um, and then I didn't understand people well enough and I think one of the things that I've learned as a leader is who I am and who I'm not, right? And understanding that I can't be somebody that I'm that I'm not, right? And um, and learning how to kind of temper some of my weaknesses while really doing the things that allow me to highlight my strengths and help me to get people where they are, or where they want to be, right? Help them mm -hmm. get from where they are to where they want to be. Yep. Um, and then I think lastly is I was, I was scared, right? Like it was, a, it was a risky kind of thing to start a team. I didn't take some of the advice that was given to me from coaching. And at the end of the day, um, I wasn't somebody I would wanna follow. And that's really what it comes down to. And for context, like if Lisa's mentioning coaching, we're actually sitting here in Anaheim, California at a Tom Ferry event both Lisa and I are part of uh, Tom Ferry coaching so that we we get coaching from kind of the same source um, you are you saying you weren't coachable back then or, or I don't know if it's that I wasn't coachable necessarily I think in order to get the growth that I've always gotten at mm -hmm. some level I'm very coachable but I think I would pick and choose more than I should have okay and got it. pick the things that kind of spoke to me in the moment and that were easy, right? And the things that had maybe instant gratification. And I think that that's something that's very common in team leaders and, you know, in our personality traits, right? Yeah. We kind of often take the easier path as opposed to doing the hard work. 
so bef- I, before we get into all, all the stuff you're doing great now, I want to dig into this just a little bit more. You mentioned um, production being you being in production being a friction point for you because to your point you, you were wearing too many hats you had i mean if you did a hundred deals essentially whatever the number was on your own that's a lot of clients to keep track of that's a lot of emotions to carry on your shoulders on top of all the emotions and and issues that happen with managing leading people, right? Absolutely. So, so, so I, I agree with you there. Do you think, do you believe rather that every team leader should be working their way out of production as quickly as they can? Or do you think there's a place for team leaders, meaning real estate team leaders to be in production? I think that there's a place for some team leaders to be in production and I think part of it comes down to how we've set up our teams um, and whether the team can be profitable without the team leader in production. But I think it also comes down to what the team leader's true strength is um, and what their passion is. Mm -hmm. So I I know something you and I have talked about in the past is my passion is not selling. I don't love selling. To me, selling was a means to an end. And if you had asked me in 2016 or even 2017 if I had aspired to have the business that I have now or if I ever thought it possible, I would have told you no. Um, and if you had ever asked me if I would even sell 80 houses in a year, the answer would have been no. Um, and I think that that's one of the most important things is that I think often in thinking about real estate teams or, or maybe even any business in general, we kind of lump it all into one. And I think that team leaders can be successful selling at a certain level of production, right? Do I think 100 homes a year is doable? No. Do I think 50 is doable? For the right person, right? And like I get, and I, and I miss it. It was just, we were over in the lobby and I was talking to some other folks and I said, for me, I miss the thrill of the hunt, right? I miss winning sometimes. Mm. And I've been able to replace the win five or 10 days a week I shadow, or five or 10 appointments, not days, but I shadow five to 10 appointments a week. And so I can still get the thrill of the win, but I think for some team leaders, needing that thrill can't be replaced. Well, you just touched on something that I think about a lot, actually. Maybe not in the same way that you're describing it, so I'm, I'm interested to see if you ever go down this path. Like, you're talking about the thrill of winning on an appointment and that kind of stuff. And so you're getting basically that off on going on five or six appointments a week, right? Right. Right. But like, do you ever think to yourself like, shit, I just want to dominate the living fuck out of everybody that I just want to go all in on like, like when you go on an appointment and you know, you add value and obviously you like, do you start thinking, I, I do this to myself all the time. Like I start thinking like so small town where I'm like, fuck, I just want to dominate all these little fucking small town, town people. Right. Right. And I get like, start getting obsessed about like stuff that won't even like drive the business in the right direction. Do you get obsessed by the wrong shit? The wrong shit? Yes. Not that shit, but yes, okay. no, I get obsessed by the wrong shit sometimes. Um, and I, th- and I think it's partly finding where that win is. I thought you were going to go in a different direction. What direction did you think? So, well, because you and I are so similar in a lot of ways, um, I 
some of that thrill can be replaced by watching agents on the team get the wins. And I want them to dominate the shit out of the competition, yeah. right? Like the agent that we were talking about downstairs, Stacey Gorham, right, who's on her way here. I want her to dominate. And I've got another agent on the team. And she is, by the way, 50 deals. She is. She's yeah. killer. And I've got another agent on the team, Sandra, who we all joke is the queen of lol. And I want it to. I want her to get to the point where she can walk into any house in Lowell, and they just say, "That's Sandra, on the Chinati Realty Group. She's who we're going to hire because she owns Lowell." Like that's what gives me a thrill. So you're you're getting more thrill out of building mega star. So so let's that's a great uh, point to kind of segue into what you're doing currently, which in my opinion, out of the teams that I've gotten to know closely across the country you have the best culture of any team and I haven't even been to your office like this is just literally like me from afar knowing you seeing what you guys are doing online talking to different people like it's just obvious I mean you just have to watch the video the Ghostbusters team video to understand like how ridiculously good the culture is inside of your office and so do you think about things in a sense of, or let me frame it up this way. I think there's a lot of team leaders right now building teams to, um, you know, appease a certain goal or to. You know what my pet peeve is? Yeah. The team leaders who build a team because they want passive income. Passive income, right? Drives me crazy. And they, and they build a team in a sense of never wanting anyone to leave where you're building a team with absolutely no fear, you've actually been through an entire team basically leaving you, and you're building a team with no fear, not only no fear, but encouraging people to go do their own thing if it's the right thing for them. Absolutely. Building a team in a way where it's like, listen, if you wanna leave, I'm gonna help you get to that place. How did you wrap your mind around that? I think it was just kind of, I think when you hit the bottom, right? And I kind of, I kind of think 2017 was a bottom point in my, in my career. And I think being able to look inside and say, you know, did I ever want to feel that way again? And the answer was a resounding no, right? That was pretty, it was awful. Not that they left, but to know that I impacted somebody so negatively that they looked at me differently. Mm -hmm. So like, I think like my, I don't know who, who I am as a person, I just believe in helping people, right? And that if we can always see the best in somebody, whatever it is, everybody's just trying to do the best that they can for themselves at the end of the day, right? I mean, I think yeah. we can all agree about that. And if we can support them to get there, then hey, that's kind of the, the job that we've taken on as team leaders, right? It, not always all about me anymore and I, I've shared with you one of my biggest regrets is that my team has my name on it and I respect what you did by not putting your name on your team and if I had known that mine would get where it is I never ever would have put my it's, name it's on it. It's a little too late for you to change it now. No. Number one team in mass like I don't, I don't think you're going to be changing that anytime soon. Well we tried and I you know we had proposed it at a team meeting this year and I said you know I regret doing this and kind of to something that you mentioned earlier I want them all to kind of build a brand within my brand right yeah. and I had said in order to kind of help you do that I want to do a big rebrand this year 
we'll keep the colors, we'll keep some of, you know, what makes us recognizable, but I want to take my name off of it. And Is we, that actually happening or no? No. So we put it to vote to the team. And the team said no. They said no. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was flabbergasted. I thought that they would all be excited, but no, it was unanimous. There was not a single person who wanted, wow. who supported taking my well, name well, off that's, of it. That is such a testament to the culture you've built, how tremendous of a leader that you actually are, like that people are proud to carry your name forward and that they would have been pissed had you changed the name. That's really impressive. It was crazy to me. I, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. Funny. I Well, I'm not surprised at all. I love that. So, so did you have any names like already queued no. up? No, you were gonna, <laughs> you were gonna <laughs> do that. I on was the fly. gonna get there when it came this time. Is, like this is why I always say Lisa <laughs> Chinati is an absolute gangster because somebody who's willing to take a a name that's about to do 500 transactions in a year, 200 million this year, number one team name in Massachusetts, and be like, you know, I don't even know what the new team name is gonna be, but we're just gonna come up with something. Right. Like, that's just really really gangster no yes no it is like it, it's ridiculous that to have the i love so you're you have absolutely no fear is basically what it comes down to in the sense of like i think about this all the time um myself where it's like you could take you could take the team name away you could take anything away and like okay what's next tomorrow's gonna just be a new day to start building it back up like right like you are at the top of your state and you're like, screw it. Let's, let's be the ones that tear it down ourselves well, instead but it's of not, somebody else. Yeah. I mean, it's not, not even name. tearing it down, but just like, right. I, it, I'm not afraid of change. No, no, not always. Some change. Yes. Not all change, but the name isn't what defines who we are or what we do. Right. And it's just, I think it's not ever one individual, right? It's the whole thing all together, which kind of leads into the, you know, being not being afraid of somebody leaving because it's never about one person. It's, it's no more about me than it is any single agent. The team isn't what it is without each agent and each staff member working together every single day. Yeah. And that's... Who's your favorite leader right now, like, that's currently leading? Not like, you know, like some some asshole that's dead or something like that like somebody that's alive leading like who's your favorite out oh, there could shit. be sports could be business could be whatever all right we're gonna have to come back to that because you don't have one no i i really don't i'm I like just... like because you're massachusetts i'm like thinking about the way you're like talking about this stuff i'm just like oh my gosh this is like like the female version of bill belichick right now like she's <laughs> like you know like like nothing that's is funny. greater than the whole like you know i'm like <laughs> that was awesome. Right? No, I don't even think about it like that. And I think that that maybe is one of the, the things that I think helps me is that I don't really focus on anyone or anything. I just do me, right? And I do what makes me feel proud at the end of the day. Like I can, I go home every night and I, I'm like, I love what I did today. And I'm proud of at least one accomplishment every single day. And it's not always my accomplishment. And that's the part that makes me the happiest. What do you do as so you're out of production and people that are watching that? Well, I mean, you're, you went I on. I sell like 10 houses. I'll sell maybe you're 10. You're going on. Really? Yeah. Friends and family. Oh, and you will do. I didn't know that. Yeah. I'll keep a few. Just like if I can't, like I have one right now that I had nurtured for seven years. Mm. Can't really pass it off because. Nurtured it, it for seven years. Seven years. 
And so like, I won't necessarily pass that off. Um, or if it's a close friend, you know, and I can do it in my free time, easy. As a hobby. It's a hobby. Doing deals <laughs> as a hobby. I like yeah, I'll that. do like 10, maybe 10 this year as a hobby. Yeah. All right, so w as somebody that's transitioned out of basically production into being a full team lead, I think this, this is something that people are interested in that are thinking about doing that or, or maybe want to aspire to doing that. Has your workload? Are you still working seven days a week? Are you? Do you have like boundaries where like the weekends are off for you? Like how how does your day to day look? So I work just as much as I did when I was selling a hundred homes a year. Yeah. Um, I probably have a little bit more balance, which my husband and family appreciate. But it doesn't mean that I take like there's no. It's not like you can't call me on a Sunday. And if an agent needs me, they know they're going to find me. Mm -hmm. If a client needs to reach out. I'm still findable. Um, do I work seven days a week? Maybe sometimes. Um, you know, but it's not all, I think when you love what you do, it's not necessarily work, right? So I might be sitting at home after my husband and my daughter, have, my daughters have gone to bed and doing work. So that kind of counts as working hours. But to me, it, I love it, right? So sitting there and typing up a new policy or procedure or thinking about how we can change a workflow isn't necessarily work. I'm in the office five, maybe six days a week. Um, and I'm there, you know, Monday through Friday, eight to four, eight to five, sometimes eight to six. Um, I pop in and out on the weekends. I pop into open houses because I love them and I can add some value to the yeah. agents, right? Like if I can Your help them. Your own or other, other, both? Maybe both. There might be yeah. some recruiting opportunities in there, right? Like, so I'll, I'll pop into mine to, you know, kind of help with scripting and to help with an open house. And I'll pop into other ones because relationships are good. You know, making sure that we have good relationships within the realtor community helps us sell more. I like going to open houses too. I, I'm almost to the point. Actually, I've said this to the team. Uh, I'm retiring officially from open houses after this year. So they've got me for like the rest of, I'm literally still doing open houses. So they've okay. got me until the end of, 20 what are we in 2019 here okay and then i'm retiring as of basically december 2019 from open houses forever and always no like you hosting say that. of me hosting no you say and then that. I'll just, it'll be january 2020 it'll be the first weekend i'll be right out there hosting <laughs> an open house. exactly yes actually you know what lisa about uh i think it was like four years ago i retired from doing shots like a shot <laughs> and i've never done a shot again Oh, I've been legit see? never like people have poured me a shot glass and okay, fine. I'll sip it. I'll just this sip it. This almost seems like a challenge. I don't, you week. can't do, you cannot get me to do a shot. Right. So I think about the same thing on the open houses. Like I am going to retire from doing open houses. Do you still, have you done an open house this year? You have not done an open not house. Not by myself. No. no, I, 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 but I will pop in for like, Oh, I will, I'll go. I'll still go. Yeah. I mean, when I'm hanging out in Florida in the winter, I go to open houses. Like, that's all I do on the weekends. I just go to as many open houses as I can. You geek and they out. do long ones in Florida. Right. Yeah. They just love it. And uh, I love going to them. You know, okay. I really do. It's just, it's like, I, I love going to them because they don't know you're an agent. And, like, I try to act like I'm a buyer. And I try to act really interested and see what, like, you know, what scripts are using and if they're going to try to actually get my contact info. Florida's really bad. Florida's like the most wide open market I think I've ever been to. Like the skills are just like, wow. Are you so serious? So maybe there's an opportunity for you There's a huge opportunity for anybody. And anybody listening that's in Florida, like 
just get some scripts and you'll just dominate, right? Okay. People are literally just like hanging out at these things. But all right, so let's um, let's shift gears just a little bit here. All right. Are Go. You, yeah. You, you good with that? Yeah. Can I just ask you some like quick, quick yeah. fire questions? Go for it. What did you hate the most about production when you were in it, like full time? I hate nurture. I really. I do. So I. You guys nurture seven years. I know. Um, but you guys like nurture a lot. We with do. What you do because I know a little bit about your your mm-hmm. you know how you guys operate. Yep. But so like you know this, but I'm I'm not a high eye. I'm not an expressive yeah. or an extrovert. I'm the biggest introvert you'll ever meet. And if I can hide behind my computer screen, I'm good. But having to like be face to face repeatedly is tough for me, especially when I don't really know someone. Um, so that was the toughest part is the the forced interaction and I felt like I felt like I was fake. On the follow up, basically? Yeah, exactly. Huh. Yep. Because it's not who I normally am, yeah. right? Like if I can text you, how many times have you and I ever spoken on the phone? Yeah, yeah. none. Well, only on our Zoom calls, which <laughs> like those are video calls, but that's like a whole group setting. So yeah, like on the phone, none. Right, exactly. Yeah. And But I mean, I don't know. I feel like that's kind of normal to some degree. I don't know. That's Yeah, I guess that's a... But you know, when you're with a... What I tell my team is, does an email count? No. Does a text count as follow-up? No. You tell the team that. Text right. doesn't count as follow-up. Okay, no. got it. The only purpose of a text is to what? To get a phone call. The purpose yeah. of the phone call is yeah. to get the appointment. It's a, it's a quick alert for something. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. To but drive something else always. Yeah, right. text is the most miserable place. Text messages are my nemesis right now because it's like it's worse than email. Like they're just flooding in and I hate them. And right. like... There's too much information text, like it's brutal. Yes. All right. So the nurture is what you hated the most. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you miss the most? I miss the win. I'm because not in that I've won the business necessarily, but in knowing that I'm the person who can help a seller. And it's I built my business on buyers because they were the easier way to get in, right? When you're somebody who has little confidence and little ability to generate leads buyer leads were the quickest and easiest and you don't need a ton of confidence right because what's the stat like 60 percent of buyer leads will use the first agent that they yeah, it's connect like 68 with. i think or something yeah it's so like closer to 70 yeah so that's huge you don't need a ton of confidence to get that business you just need to pick up the phone Correct. or show up in be person there first yeah right um but listings when especially in competitive listings when you know you're competing against two or three other agents and for me it was not necessarily winning because of, like I said, getting the deal, but just winning because I know that I can do a better job than most people out there. You're right. There's nothing better. There's a particular agent in, in my marketplace, I hope he's watching right now, that continues to call my client all year on a subdivision that I'm just continuously selling out throughout the year. To uh, And I've never called him on this because I don't care. Like You can call my clients all you want, right? Right. And I hope you continue to call my clients, right? As I continue to sell at the subdivision. I like that win. Sorry, I, I agree with that. Um, if you were to leave real estate and start another business, what would it be? I think I'd start a recruiting company. 
Mm. Isn't that interesting? So like, especially yeah. from somebody who's a low eye, yeah. but it's fascinating to me. And um, being able to find somebody's strengths and understand how we can help them be successful. Recruiting companies are like massive businesses too. I know, someday maybe. But if you can figure out like how to make somebody successful, right? And like I look at it now, recruiting is like my number one priority yes. for the team and for the business. And if I can like have a conversation with somebody and know that I can make them successful, it's how, right? It's putting the pieces together. How can I make this person successful in real estate? It may not always be in a sales role. It might be in an administrative role. It might be in a managerial role. Yeah. But like I think one of my superpowers is that I've figured out how to figure out where somebody's gonna be successful. Wow. I didn't I wasn't expecting that, but I like Ooh, that what answer. were you expecting? I don't know. I was expecting some weird like like it's just something off the wall, like I'm gonna start a restaurant or like something weird. I don't know. I, oh. th I thought it was gonna be like totally, but that makes sense. I don't know. I, I don't know why I wasn't looking at the make sense answer. Okay. All right. So if it was totally off the wall, um, yeah, I'm looking for like more of like like your uh, like what are you interested in? What do you what do you like? Let's do this actually. If you had the next uh, six months off, what would you do with it? Where where I said to you, Lisa, you're not allowed to work and allowed to go like start a recruiting company. You're not allowed to start a company in these next six months. Like, what would you do in six months of just free time? I would travel. Just travel and see shit. Yes, and yes, the cultural stuff. What co what countries that you haven't been to do you want to see like right now? Ooh, so I would love to go to Africa. Okay. And I'd love to go to China. China, that's mine. No that's way. My number one. Yeah. Okay. That's the one I want to go. China. My wife does not want to do that though. She's like, she wants to do all like, you know, the cliche shit, Ireland and Italy and all that kind of stuff. It's the cliche shit is easy because it can be short. China yeah. needs like three weeks at least. Oh, I agree. Do you see Josh Rubin right now? And is he coming here? I don't he's think in Japan. He's coming. He's in Japan. Yeah. He's not coming. I don't think so. I didn't know if he was coming to Japan to here. It's actually. It's no. a pretty close hop. Yeah, yeah. But close, close, close yeah no, that would be, Japan's too urban. Okay. China's a little bit rural. Well, China, I mean, I just Well, think, parts of it. Yeah, I think it would be a ridiculous trip. Yep, agreed. All right, let's wrap this thing up. What do you, um, what's your hot take on everybody? Because I want to wrap this up with really the theme of this whole thing, your culture and kind of what you're building. What's your hot take on uh, what every team leader should be doing to build culture within their organization? I think it's looking at each individual as an individual and understanding that their goals aren't ours as leaders. And the most important way that we're going to be successful is by helping each individual reach their individual goal. Um, and whether that's to sell 10 houses or 50 houses, whatever we can do to support them getting there, and support them not just from a real estate perspective, but support them as a human, and support the people that are important to them and the things that are important to them. So I think one of the best things that we did this summer is, and so family is the biggest thing to me. Um, so my kids are in my office Monday through Friday, running a childcare room so that all of my agents really? and staff can bring their kids You're in. You're 13 and 15 year old. Mm -hmm. Did I get those? You did, Remember that. you nailed it. 13 and 15 are legit running a little daycare business within your office? They are. So we took one of the offices and we filled it with like toys and games and art projects and books. And my kids are there from 
9 to 2, Monday through wow. Friday. Now, are those kids allowed to leave the room? Oh, yeah. So, like, my kids will take them outside. My, you've never been to my office, but it's Because I would um, be like, they're not leaving the room. They're not coming out here <laughs> <in the> office. <laughs> no. So, but that's who we are, right? Yeah. Like, you have to understand, like, who my office is and, like... We're loud and rowdy and fun, and we're all about family. You, right? So you don't have agents that like run into the hallway just to um, like take a phone call because they don't want other people to hear it. You don't have agents like that. We really don't. No. Oh, wow. No, it's. I thought that was like human nature. Maybe that's would, just something we need to. <laughs> my mic keeps falling. Maybe that's something we need to correct in our office, right? Yeah. No. So we're non-competitive, and like the kids will run around and. We have this one little one, Marie's daughter, Olive, who we've nicknamed the mini terrorist because she... F Lisa, look at this thing. This thing is dying on me, Sam. It's totally dying. <laughs> That's all right. I shouldn't, I shouldn't touch it. They always tell me not, not to touch the mic. This thing is totally dying on us. It's wilting away. Go ahead, go ahead. Anyway, we've nicknamed her the mini terrorist because she gets the water guns and she fills them and she runs around squirting the staff until they hide under their desks and then she runs to the next office and she squirts them until they hide under their desk. And So you have a loud office. Agents are comfortable with it at this point. Yeah, you have to be, right? Like, you wouldn't come work with us if you wanted the quiet, stuffy place. That's just not who we are. Yeah. Um, and... We did a bring your kids to work day and had them run a lemonade stand and the whole staff got involved, right? So we did a mini team meeting for that was run by Jason, my sales manager, about sales skills. How will we sell lemonade, right? Like what is involved with getting somebody to buy it? And then Rachel, my operations manager, got involved with some of the marketing and helped them make little signs and t-shirts for marketing to market their lemonade. And then... Um, they all made lemonade and cookies and went outside and sold it to anybody in the area. But that's who we are, right? And that understanding that that's what's important to our agents is that they feel like they're working. We all work to live, we don't live to work, right? And the reason that you work and that I work are to support our families, right? You wouldn't hustle as hard as you hustle if you didn't wanna make life better for your family, right? Not true for me, but yes, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> you just ruined it. <laughs> I know I ruined it for you. That's like, but it's true for most people. It's true for most. You're people. a little bit odd. I'm super odd in the sense that, like, if I wasn't doing something super aggressive all day long, I would be in a bad place. Well, that's because you're a leader, right? And I'm kind of the same way. Like, I'll always have to work. Yeah. Right. It's the reason I couldn't be a stay-at-home mom. But most of the agents and staff work because they want to make a better life for their family. Absolutely. Right? Yes. I mean, it, I agree with you. And so if you're away from your kids while you're doing showings and at the office and nurturing leads and coming to a training and you never get to see your kids because you're working so much to give them a future or a college education or whatever it is that you want, do you resent your job or do you love your job? You probably resent it. I've had, you know what's weird? Since, so Stella, my daughter, is only two and a half years old. Since I've had Stella, I've almost like, I want to word this correctly, like, I've almost found times where I'm like, oh, like, I want to work a little bit less because I want to spend time with her, but also like, fuels more motivation to like, get what I got to be more efficient in my work. Yep. Um, but ultimately, like, if I wasn't taking the edge off, it would be bad. No, I get it. Yeah. I'm the same way. But... 
most of our agents aren't like that, Correct. right? So yeah. if they can have their kids around while they're working and know that their kids are happy Check and in safe. Check on 10 minutes. That must be such a cool yeah, environment. Yeah, it's fun. Until right, they dial 911. We're not starting daycare. <laughs> at, at, uh, <laughs> all right, Lisa, I really appreciate it. Um, we're going to link, if you're listening, go over to YouTube because we're going to link up all of Lisa's stuff. But in case people are listening and they're super lazy and don't want to go over to YouTube, where can somebody connect with you? Where's like the best place to find Lisa Chinati right now today in 2019? Facebook Online. and Instagram. Facebook, Instagram. Yep. Chinati Realty. Something like that. Something like that. Just Google her. Google. I really appreciate it. Appreciate taking the time. And I've got to come up to your office because. You do. I am super crushing on everything you're doing, admiring everything you're doing, and trying to emulate uh, exactly what you're doing uh, with our team. So thank you, Lisa. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for watching the video all the way to the end. I really appreciate all your engagement, all your comments, and if you like this content, if you want to see more, please, I've got two videos linked up here, or hit the subscribe button so that you never miss a video again. Uh -huh.